Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Let's jump right in. Um, oh my God, dude, you have freaking outdone yourself. Holy cow. Oh, it arrived good in one pace. <laughs> it sure did. And I'm, I, I just don't, um, I, I, it, it's just mind blowing. What did you say the number of hours was that you put into this? You told Oh, me. Yeah. Hundreds. There were, were a couple of hundred hours to print it and then to post-production, so get all the right aluminum finish and then all the electronics and stuff. So it's a couple of hundred hours. It's quite a, quite a lot. So quite a lot. It absolutely is, and it's all on you know time when you should be resting from work. But I guess you are like recreating and resting in your own way. It's just, yeah. Um, yeah I took it out and I was like, you know, we're going to do a segment on it. And then the more I started playing with it, it's like. No, we're doing a full episode, and I'll just surprise drop it for everyone. I mean, these little gaskets that are in it, and it's just, it's just ridiculous. Did you ever have access to the original prop? No, I've never seen it actually. Uh, wow, I suspect that um, I suspect that mine's is fairly close, but that's only because I've studied the photos as much as possible. But I don't actually, uh, I don't actually have access to blueprints or the original. Yeah. So, which is unfortunate. I would love to have seen this, but I mean, it's it's the 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 dimensions of it are. I mean, they've got to be right. This this looks right. Well, it took a lot of iterations. Actually, you'd be surprised okay. how much, um, how many variations we went through, and even the even the original, the little small one that we made a while back, um, even that didn't really uh, give us enough information when we we made it sort of more towards studio scale. But um, but at least it helped. You, at least I have a reference point to go to, you know. Yeah. But it yeah, it took many many iterations to to get it right. And of course, when you see all those photos that are posted on the internet, they're all screen based with studio lighting and things like that. Right. So, you know, trying to make sure that you understand what those dimensions are and trying to make sure that it's um, at least represents what the studio lighting portrayed. Uh, because often the props, when you see them in reality. And I haven't seen that many of them, but when you see them, and you know when you did the auction, for example, um, a lot of them look very different when they're not studio lit. Yeah, so, it's a lighting thing. Yeah. Pure and simple. Yeah. That's yeah. just absolutely crazy. So tell us, take us through your process of, of creating this. I mean, did, I'm assuming you use some kind of, of uh, 3D program to generate like yeah. some of the components here. I mean, this doesn't look 3D printed. I mean, you had to have like brushed it and you know oh yeah this my camera does not do it justice so i'm just putting that out there right now so um yeah so i i started with the the small original versions yes um and got a bit of an idea for what was possible because everything in that is so round everything has a curved surface in it there are very straight uh pieces in there at all uh with the exception of a couple on the control kind and and the base, there's very little that's straight. And historically, 
you know, when you design something like that, that's that's the the worst shape that you have to deal with. But so I started off going through um, once I did the research on how it looked and and trying to find out how it worked on on screen, making sure that I had that right and that the the lights were going the right way and all of that thing. Um, and then I designed an Infusion 360, uh, which is a CAD application, which a, a lot of makers and creatives are using, um, which is an awesome tool. Uh, and then from there, I 3D printed it. But in order to in order to try save myself time, I decided what I would do is print it in high resolution so that I didn't have as much post production work to do in it. Oh, okay. So that would print long. That would take longer to print, right? Much longer, so about 260 hours, I think, to the sort of print it in that resolution. And you would think, well, great, you'd save yourself some time. Post is no longer as big an issue, but it didn't turn out that way because anything that's metallic or aluminium or aluminium looking is difficult to uh, difficult to read, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see any imperfection. So there's a lot of post-production finishing, what have you, in there. Uh, just to try to get it as, as close as possible to it. And then you have to come up with the right sort of paint and the right um, gloss, stuff like that, to give it just that sort of metallic sheen without sort of turning it into chrome. And so that yeah. I went through quite a few iterations, actually, on the paint, uh, trying to work out exactly how dull dull surfaces with slight sheens work um, and make sure it really good in the light. But that's how it happened. Um, and then, of course, it... The biggest problem with it was working out how to get the control code mechanism working with the electronics and, and to make sure that it was faithful to what we've seen in the television program. How did What was your process for that? Um, mostly trial and error. I had an original design in my head, and that was we were going to use what they call magnetic switches in there to make it much easier. Um, I haven't seen how the real mechanism works. So I'm not sure how they did it, but I suspect they had like a cutout um, cylinder that they could rotate through, and that's essentially what mine's is like as well, but it uses a number of magnetic switches to activate different circuits. And I don't know if the original did that or not, but the problem with working with magnets that no one ever tells you about in magnetic switches is you get these errant errant, um, signals sometimes, and so the device will pick up odd signals. So there was a lot of software to go into it to make sure that we didn't detect the wrong signal and turn on the wrong lights. And, and for, for a while, a few days there, hitting the head against the wall because it would work nine times out of ten and then suddenly it wouldn't. And then all of a sudden I worked out there was some, some code. It's like Shark said, magnets. <laughs> I, I have access to I have access to an extremely clever wife who's also in software and and uh, I was wondering because it's yeah. this model the the physical stuff is only like a portion of it's a don't get me wrong it's a huge ch- freaking portion but I mean then you've got you have programming the software that has to go into this thing it's not at Stargate they had they had you know whole teams that could do one or the other, and you kind of have to be this island unto yourself to bring it into it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You have to You have to have sort of doing something like this is an act of madness, right? Because you ultimately need to be part mechanical, part electrical um, engineer. You need to be, have software skills. You need to have sort of electronic skills to build it and stuff like that and design it. 
I designed all the circuitry myself and stuff like that. So there was all that to to learn as well. But um, th- there are funny things that happen on it, though. Like the globes that go in and out on the side seem like a trivial thing to do. And it turned out they were not a trivial thing to do because there was a huge amount of um, issues with getting guide rails and things like that to flow properly and to have yeah they're stuff. smooth they're they're clearly on a, a track so yeah I mean it's just yeah there's when you see it on screen you see how it operates and you not only need to to duplicate the look but you need to du- duplicate the movement yes you know yeah. and that's yeah. just yeah and it's it's trying to get that smooth that that cost me a bit of time trying to get that bit right because I had to design that into the control spheres at either side as well I couldn't mm-hmm. just sort of added in later um and then i wanted to make sure that the fans that came behind me that wanted one could build their own so i had to write um the assembly manual and all of the bits and pieces that went with it and i think i put them yeah i'm pretty sure i included them with you as well um i had the power on instruction and there's also another oh my gosh there's whole other pages to this Oh yeah! Oh man, this is just this is you are you are a mad scientist. <laughs> if there's no other way to put and look, it's in color. It's in color, <laughs> and and so I, I included it because I thought if we if you and I ever need to do remote surgery in any way on it, at least I'll be able to guide you through with the manual. Um, <laughs> right. Open I, main I, bus B with your micro yep. screwdriver. You know, yeah. I mean, there, there's two of them. That, there's there's two or three that exist right now. Yeah, there's two, and that's it. That's it of this design. Two. Yep, there is any two. So that, of course, begs the next question: Where do people go to get one? And I, can, uh, I can pull it up on screen right now while we talk. Yeah, they can go to Etsy if they want to download the kit that allows them to 3D print it out and to assemble it. So there's a manual in there that tells them how to go from A to Z, that will help them walk through the entire process. Um, and there's a larger instruction manual to the one you have that also includes electronics design and how they can put that together and all the code. So they don't need to write new computer code um, if that's all concerned to anyone, but they will need to assemble the circuit. So, you know, it's there's a little bit of um, time involved, but hopefully well, they just think it should be straightforward. Yeah. Okay. So the NACWIDA generator 3D printed model kit, digital downloads, thirty nine ninety five, um, and you have you know det- detailed photos here and um, oh wow, you you have actually a, a breakdown of all the STL files that they'll get in their individual components. Yep. So you can see it color coded. Well, it has to be. <laughs> it's just too many parts to do it any other way. So, and when I started, I thought I'm going to make this with as few pieces as possible so it's easier for fans to go out and create their own or even for a fan to buy this and have someone create it for them. Right. Um, but unfortunately, it's a complicated piece of prop and so it's it belies how many... Like, the, when you look at it, there are no screws that you can see no. you know, on it, um, with the exception of the battery hatch at the base. Right. There isn't, we never um, saw that on screen. No, you never so saw there that. there you go. So, I mean, the cone connects with hidden screws and, and different hatches and stuff that you can't see. But um, So that's in there so that it looks as close as possible to the original prop. Um, I would love to see the original. 
And I bet you I, would. <laughs> yes, I would. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And I think Remington said to me he may have one, but I don't know. I, I should reach out to him. Absolutely. I would love to see you guys collaborate on something. I think the, the two yeah. together might actually bring the world to a grinding halt. Um, <laughs> so. Well, you do amazing work. He does amazing work. So. You guys are just you guys are just brilliant. Um, did mine come with a base? Uh, yes, it's in the box. I missed it. <laughs> After this, I'm going to go down and show it. <laughs> yep, it's definitely in the box. Okay, I'll go and show <laughs> We're not done. There's a slide at the, I think, in the box, and where the manuals are, it's it's just oh, it's in the back. Okay, because I pulled the the manuals out and I did. Okay, okay. To be continued, everyone. Follow us after this, and and we will uh, we will finish uh, showing this off. Wow, it's definitely there. This is um, this is a work of art, and it's a a a credit to um your intelligence and your thoroughness and your um your precision for it to be as accurate as possible without actually having the the tools um to make it possible you know i mean it's just it's just kind of crazy it's it's, it's, it's nuts yes it's it's, it's, it's it's a lot of work <laughs> it's um i think i i mistakenly thought the bigger i make the prop the easier it will be. But in some senses, it doesn't always work like that um, for strange and, and reasons. Why? Um, Why do you think? Because um, the larger you go, the more your eye can detect. And so you need to make sure that um, small details don't get missed, even if it's down to things like rubber grommets on the spaces and mm-hmm. things like that. You can't afford to miss it So because it becomes really obvious. And I put on the side of those power globes, there's little magnetic latches where you can open the doors at the side. Um, and so I had to make sure that I replicated those as closely as I could. And the, if, the doors actually don't open. No, they do. They do. The, mag- the sides open? Yeah. You know, on the end of the, the power globe, there's like a little nodule for your fingernail and you can just open the door, but they're magnetically locked. So you can just, if you give a little bit of force, you, I'm sure you can. I didn't it. want to break it. So on the no, ends no. here. It's just on the end. On both sides? On both sides, yeah. It's the original head on both sides as well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so they're, they were interesting because trying to get a door to match without really the look of the visible hinge was... I, you completely now. fooled me. Because I was, was like, I was like, no, that he didn't do that. And then it's like, oh, my God, he did. And yep. caution, I am, dude, you are a mad scientist. I'm sorry, but I'm blown, I'm blown away. That is, what that is like, so crazy. Yeah, it was, it was, please. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, I think, probably the, the biggest challenge was trying to get the, the hatches on the side to make sure they met perfectly when they joined, to, to do exactly what they did with you, which is to not be obvious that they opened at the side. Um, and I think you have the better version. The one I built for myself, the prototype, has a couple of problems around that. So I fixed them all when I did yours. Um, and then update, updated the kit too so that folks could enjoy the, the better pieces. But Absolutely. Well, you know what people are going to be saying. 
You know, it's like, why can't you connect USB-C to it, recharge it, or use it as a use it as an iPhone charger? Yeah. I get that quite a lot, and I actually investigated putting that in, um, and I may do that in a, in a later release. There are two things I would like to do with it uh, moving forward. I would like to put sound in there, um, and so I designed the circuitry to support it. The problem okay. is, you know, you, you have to be respectful of intellectual property, and so you can't use necessarily sound effects that are directly from, you know, copyrighted material. So... Um, we would have to create our own sound effects for that as well. Right. So that's why I haven't put it in there. But I would like to do that. And then I would like to put in the USB um, power. I've actually ironically had this conversation only with someone yesterday about this, um, and I have worked out how to do it. The, the challenge was that the globes go in and out. And so yes. any cabling that runs through the globes has to be able to contract and expand so that you don't crimp cables and, and it doesn't interfere with the the physical movement of the globes moving out and in. So that's the reason it's not in B1. There is an older model. I, I put it on my Etsy store that that has it designed for it. You can put a cable in there if you want. Um, and I did do that originally. My original one had that. Okay. And I helped someone out recently who, who um, went and got that kit and they made their own. And so it's sort of been helping them along as they go just to make sure that they get the right result. But uh, their work's looking great as well. So it's it's always humbling and really satisfying to see other people sort of make their own and come up sometimes with their own variants on that that, that you didn't think, you know. It's it's super creative, um, you know, what, what they're doing. So, yeah, it's just easy. All of it is just, um, you know, to the, to the novice, it's just you just look at it and you go, wow, you know, these guys are so... These guys are so talented, and uh, hey, you put an apple in with one of the shots. Check that out. For size <laughs> comparison, this is your apple? <laughs> it's, I mean, it's bigger than it looks, isn't it? I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I, I got it, and I was like, how am I going to fit yeah. this on the shelf? You know, it's a legitimate concern, because I'm like, well, you know, I want to show off everyone's stuff. And so it's like, at a certain point, maybe you got to rotate for some certain episodes to really or get a bigger shelf i mean but but, but one of the- or lose weight <laughs> so, so, you can- the- <laughs> so yeah. that you can so that you you know you can see more past me so that's that's really funny um wow that's this is all right so you are confident that if um uh, if people download this, that the uh, the instruction manuals are sufficient for them to to pull it off. I'm assuming, you know, that if something is amiss or if they have trouble along the way, they can reach out to you. Oh, yeah. And in fact, that's what's happening with someone that's building an equity generator at the moment. They've sort of, I don't know, we've had dozens of back and forth conversations and I sent them some additional parts or redesigned a few parts to help them out. So, because they were doing it in a slightly different way to the, the way that the manual had and stuff like that. So, yeah, always happy to help people who want to do it. It's it's a lot of work and there's a lot of different skills involved to build it. And so some people might be out there thinking, could I do it? I mean, you can always get other people to help you. There are 3D printing services that will print them for you. Um, you know, there are technical colleges and friends and found people that will sort of do the electronics for you and stuff like that. So it's it's always possible. And I'm always happy to sort of, you know, answer questions and, and things like that for them. But I'm always amazed with um, the creativity that people do. And I had – where is it um, – I, this was given to me uh, at Christmas time from a friend of mine in the UK. It is a sort of steampunk thing, just like yeah, yeah that, that 
that he made, and his name is Dave Chadwick, and he made this for me, um, and it's fantastic. It's got electronics in there. and Really? Oh, yeah, it's incredible. You can't see them in there, sorry. But the emitter. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of things. You can put the blade on the end. It's super, super creative. It's, I don't know where you can see some lovely, lovely details. Wow. So it's see, it's awesome. Arvid, or is that 3D printed? No, it's not 3D printed. Um, I th- I think he did it on a lathe. I think I'm not really sure how he did all of it. It's just um, he's got leatherwork skills in there. He's got woodworking skills. So how how beautiful! It is, isn't it? So I'm always inspired that people can go out and create things like that, um, and just sort of turn their hand to all these different skills. So I'm always very confident that people can, you know, build their own NACWA generator. I think it's just a question of application and uh, and time to do it. Um, We've got a problem. This this end wants to keep on popping off. <laughs> so, uh, all right, there we go. Keeps on back. Yeah. The the other um the other skill sets involved in, in creating a lot of these props. Can I can I show you another one that I've never yeah, shown before? Thanks. It's not you, you brought in Star Wars, so I'm going to bring in another genre. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Or not genre, but but uh, property. No problem. Let's see just how nerdy you are. <laughs> Do you know what this is right off the bat? Yes, it's the Grail Diary from Indiana Jones. <laughs> I have been wanting one uh, since, well, since the movie. Um, and uh, you know, people have had it. Uh, they've, they've been making making them as props for years. Only in the last couple of years did the original get scanned into a computer and all the pages individually numbered. So... This one is um, screen accurate as as best as as can be um, determined, and um, it has whoops, it has fold out maps and inserts, um, and it's it's just one of my uh, all time favorite pieces, and I got it on Etsy for like like two hundred and fifty dollars. Which I frankly thought was a steal because it has, it has. I mean, every it has all like here. You know, this is this is the the piece that that Indy was was reading. Um, it's just uh, it's, wow. It's it's one of my favorite things. You know, and it's um, you know, it's it's it's, 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 it's beautifully done. The pages yeah. are the pages are aged, and it, it's there are no words. There are there are no words for the love and care and the construction uh, that go into making um, reproductions like this. It's and I, I can tell you, no matter what they would have charged for that, it wouldn't even come close to what the time they've put into. That's correct. And, you know, they can, the fact that they're, they can reproduce them at, oh, even the, even the, even the, the, pal- oh, and, and this, and this, the stamps, you know, uh, Professor yeah. Henry Jones and, you know, you got Venice, Italy, I mean, it's just can't throw that can't throw that away. I love that in the business. I mean, we call that owning the last mile. So yeah. that means that you know, by the time it gets into your hands, the experience is a great one when you open it, and um, that's that's amazing. I, I love that work. I love the passion that created that too. Yeah, it's it's a presentation. You know, we we talked about that. Is is that a Jobs quote? Owning the last mile. Is that what that comes from? For, I, mean, I didn't know. Um, it really started with opening the um, the 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 apple. That's the string that came around the the package. 
the the Apple products, I think, really began that. It may indeed have originated there. I hear it used a lot, but I think it's um, understanding the customer experience when they open it is key. It's when it's the reason even with the generator, I couldn't just send it in bubble wrap. I just want to see. I just couldn't do it. So I loved opening the box. You know, we got that all on camera here. So, yeah, so I, I understand. You want it. There's there's a tactile experience to uh, the human experience and also a, a, that emotional reaction that you get from connecting with an object for the first time stays with you when you make eye contact with the object. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you had a resentful experience with something or someone the first time, it takes a while for that to go away. Yeah, first impression. Yeah, absolutely. I originally thought, wouldn't it be a good idea to send it in like a hard case, a bit like I sent some of the other yeah. props to? And I went and got one, and but the case was like 10, 10 pounds of weight. And so yeah, that's just kilos or something like that. And it was just, and it still didn't fit in because it has a, a quite a bulbous sort of odd shape. Right. It didn't lend itself. And so um, I thought I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make my own case in the end. That's that seemed to be the. I was concerned that that it would get there safely, and I'm I'm very pleased with that. Oh, not a problem with it. Absolutely, no no super glue required on this one. And your, I mean your. Um, oh yes, I put those in there. Very excited to uh, to yeah. uh, see this as well because that's now this this is the one that you can get on Gateworld. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, lots and lots of people really like that. Um, lots of people. I did a wonderful uh, email from a lady recently. Had, uh, can, I'll put a link, uh, folks. Her husband, um, yeah, it's for Christmas, and he, it was just lovely. So, yeah, because you can not, scale it up. You can put it like on a on a poster on the wall. Yeah, you when know. you when you download it, it comes in about fifteen different sizes. Everything from an iPad size down up to like an A zero A one. So you can okay. just sort of down to your your local printing store, and they can print it out. Um, and it's all vector illustrated, so it'll print nice and clear uh, at those resolutions and stuff, so you won't have any problem. Craziness, absolutely. Um, the 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 care that you put into it, the, the, the different um, uh, skill sets that combine every, everything from electronics to, you know, the 3D printing to the graphics, you know. I'm sure there's some Photoshop involved in, in this as well. You know, oh, yeah. And it just yeah. it just all comes together into into one piece from one man. <laughs> How did you get like the grooves, you know, on on this? Is there a is there a way to to uh, to adjust the depth of the of the certain portions of it to to make yeah. it look like there that's been laser cut? Yes, there is. Um, it's it's not straightforward. That took quite a lot of time. Um uh, because also when you when you do post production on that object and you try to sand it and paint it and stuff, you can't have it so that the grooves fill up with, you know, look different to the rest of the model. And so you have to make sure that the right depth, or they can't be too deep, because then they'll go inside the globe and that'll affect the mechanism that slides in and out. And so there's a, there's a whole bunch of different considerations, but it but it worked pretty well in the end, um, and it sort of gave quite a quite a good effect. But it's um, it's it's an interesting passion. Ultimately, I'm hoping someone at Amazon MGM Plus will go, geez, we should make this for fans. And then hopefully they will go out and be inspired to go and do that. 
And I personally will be first in line to buy one of those if they do that. <laughs> so that would be very nice. If you if you build it, they will come, you know. Uh, and uh, if if they don't, well, someone else will. Yeah. Um, that's the 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 props hobby community is is a um is a strong beating heart in all the different shows. I forget the yeah. I said. RPF or something. The RPF. That's it. The Replica Prop Forum. Um, Yeah. But uh, there are there are communities if you want to get involved and start making stuff and and showing off. It's it's an art form. It's it's a a great hobby. People just go to such incredible lengths for accuracy and and you know you see the cosplay that people do for anime and and a whole bunch of things. It's really impressive work. There are people out there making magic out of bits of foam that you would walk by in the store you know it's uh and yet when they're finished with it it looks like armor or a suit or something and it's really quite incredible um the the problem with some of these props is that when this show was done they probably had the luxury of having two or three different props that did different things but it all looked to you on screen as if it was just one prop correct Uh, Fast forward to when I come along, I have to try find a way of making all of these hero features fit into into one prop. And this um, this is a good this is a good example. Um, this is the the gym. This is babe. Um, oh. I don't know if you can see that um, properly, but yes. The interesting thing about this, of course, the original GDO never had any working display. It had like a backlit, I think, piece of. A plastic like overhead transparency or uh-huh. something just a little like blue light yeah it was just a little blue light whereas this one sort of is is chargeable by usbc yep. and it has i'll see if i can hold this up to the camera i'm not sure this will show i apologize if it's a bit um, oh god so this one actually has a working keypad and working display system on it uh to actually do different things and so um for example i it has all the original or what looked to be all the original graphics but it also has like a sort of an updated um, version, you can see that. So that green mo- marching, oh, yes. Well, it has all of that in the- <laughs> um, to do that. That was an interesting problem, right? Because uh, just trying to, and there are other things it can do, like it can do sort of more original things that weren't. Sorry if that's not showing up a lot. It is. So it has sort of the coming in hot codes and all of that sort of stuff. So, Jeez. so that was interesting because there is no, there was no display. Right, trying to find a display that was the right size um, was difficult. Um, the CAD work on this was straightforward for me. I didn't, it, I didn't spend much time doing that. But there was a lot of finishing and polishing, so that it sort of looks more metallic and right, like wasn't well, pretty painted more. But um, and then fitting it all inside there because now it has USB C charging, so you don't have to change any batteries, and it it has some controller boards, and it has obviously a screen. It's an OLED screen in there, so trying to make sure that that essentially that all fitted into one little size piece that was the original on the show. Fortunately for me, I don't quite know why when they designed the original prop, they made it. Fairly large, so I was celebrating. It was, you know, it was a new thing then, and it's it's not the most like easy thing to wear. You know, it takes up your whole arm uh-huh. and everything else. But you have, I think, two uh, benefits that they didn't. You have the benefit of time, because mm-hmm. um, no one's pushing you to to get it done, and the benefit of 
uh, modern technology and and access to it, which has become in th- like in, for the GDO, you know, that's a twenty five year old piece, substantially smaller electronics. So yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a, and I'm always trying to find out is there new ways to to learn new things because when I did your case, what I originally wanted to do was laser cut the foam so that it it had a you know a custom professional insert for it so but i didn't know how to laser cut so i went and did a course and learned how to laser cut it so um so i'm working on that for the future that's something i want to bring into to more props but um but that just adds more time and complexity into things because you know there are certain things you can cut with a laser cutter um certain things you can't there's there is an element of being careful because it's a laser um and a whole bunch of different you know sort of skill sets involved in that too um, but one skill builds on another, and you know to do the laser cutting, you can use your Adobe Illustrator skills to do your designs and stuff. So the more I would say to people who sort of want to get involved and do this, the more you learn, it's never wasted. What you what you learn then sort of leads on to the next thing, mm. which is which is really nice. And and I find no matter what it is, there's always something you can draw on, uh, you know. And you'll make so many mistakes. You'll learn lots of things. Well, that's uh, the, in science. You know, failure is is uh, a step in you know a different direction. Uh, and you know, th- this is you are in many respects a scientist going through this, and it's it's trial and error. I have um, so many uh, pieces in my collection. What I would love to do is have you and Remington out here at. at I've been waiting to um, to finish building uh, out the house. I went room by room. I was very modular because this was a bigger house than I need because my folks visit me a lot uh, from from the north. And uh, it's full of Stargate uh, props. And I'm ready now to show the community the, the collection. I wanted to make sure that the house was finished first. And Remington and Nicole come down and I would love to do like a whole series on all of our different... Uh, replica props and the real props that i have would you be interested in coming out to nashville for a couple of days and doing that absolutely i don't think i've ever been to nashville so that'd be awesome there we go i'll take you down to broadway yeah that sounds you'll see a sea of people it's almost as bad as times square used to be so (laughs) yeah i mean people are finally coming out i guess post COVID. yeah exactly well let's uh let's talk about that because you know there's there's a lot to show uh and i think that um I think that it would be a, a positive uh, experience for us to exchange thoughts and ideas about, you know, perhaps uh, future projects because there's there's a few things here. So, oh yeah, and I feel like that missing collection there. Well, I want to talk about with someone who knows what the parts are made of and who can surmise on the fly. You know, I I would bet that looking how they did this, I would bet that this is how it was done. You know, someone with um, you know experience in in materials so let's talk about that further i think so. that would be awesome i'd love to do that i think it'd be it's it's it would be really interesting to see how they would approach the prop making in a new stargate television series right um to understand how they would approach it um and that's you know the opportunity i had when i did the gdr was to think well how might they do those graphics if they did them today and try to update them but keep them looking as close as i could to what they had um and it'd be really, I mean, some of the television shows we see today, the effects are just stunning. And you think, imagine the worlds that could be visualized and what have you. So I guess when MGM eventually get around to a decision. And right. 
and Amazon and everything else. So that's a whole other thing that, you know, that's for a different episode. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, I think that's, that's driving for Gen 3. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. This is, yeah. um, this is, this is really special. And, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap this recording up and head downstairs and, and see the base and see this all put together. It's definitely there. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for stopping by. All right. Let's see uh, the part that we missed here. Missed a lot. Oh, goodness. Okay. Looky there. Wow, look at that. My gosh. What a setup. Talk about owning the last mile. Jeez. Well done. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acri. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Thank you.